game. I wanna slam fools on the mat. Wanna suplex cats, give them belly to bats. Rock bottom, tombstone, and a sunset flip. So I need you to teach me that. No way. I wanna slam fools on the mat. Hear the crowd go wild when I win the strap. Boom, soft, sharpshooter, and a F5-2. So I need you to teach me that. I got a joke for you. Okay, shoot. What's the difference between our podcast and the Miz's WWE champion? Ooh, I don't know. What is that? Um, at least when we come back, we're missed. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> damn. Well, welcome back, finally, to the Natural Disasters of Wrestling podcast. I am Matt. And I am Don. Um, yeah. Welcome, just welcome back. It's been a long, 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 long absence. Um, oh man, where do we start? Um, well, I think it's only fair to cover a little bit of, of about what happened. I mean, we don't have to go into it in exact yeah. detail, but uh, we took a break, um, unknowingly back in what October, November. No, uh, January. We, uh, January was our last episode. Was it? No, we didn't record in January. Yeah, we did. No, we didn't. We were going to record in January. Pretty sure we recorded late December, early January because it was we after just... I got engaged. Okay, so before the new year then. Okay, that's right. And even then, we still took like a month off. Yeah. So yeah, we, we, were, took... we recorded right before New Year's, I think. Sounds about right. Yeah. Sounds about right. I mean, it's uh, like late December sounds about right. For, oh, it's for still been over two months. No, our last episode was January 5th. Fucking hell. Yeah. I don't even remember it. Yeah. That's how fucking long ago it was. It felt at least. Um, but it's been a while. It's been two It's been two months to the day. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah. I So, I got sick with ammonia, which started things up. And I couldn't talk at all. I mean, I was bedbound for about two and a half weeks. Um, I'm still suffering some of the complications from ammonia, but I'm doing much, much better. I'm doing much, much better, but as I was sick with ammonia, uh, both my parents, both my parents were diagnosed with COVID. Um, both my parents were hospitalized. My father still fighting for his life in the hospital. Um, it's been a very, very, very long journey. So I haven't, I haven't been mentally all there because I've been, you know, dealing with everything, everything that involves my parents right now. And it's been hard. It's been very, very hard. Um, it's been a very, very, very hard two months. Uh, it's, I've seen him just kind of get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and then we'll get a little bit of hope and then he'll get worse again and it's been like that for like the last two months um my mom she was she got she got ammonia as well as when she from her covid and you know she's been fighting that so you know we we haven't been able to like i haven't been personally able to just kind of do the things I love to do because, you know, everything between 
all the stress of everything going on, like you just, you put yourself into that funk where you just don't want to, you know, you just don't want to, you're not yourself. And so it's been a long time, um, but I'm so glad to be back now. Yeah, you felt kind of straight into depression, my dude. Like the like you know everything you told me. Like we would try to schedule to record, you know, once in a while, and you know, mm-hmm. Don even told me that he didn't, he wasn't up to watching wrestling. Like he hadn't had any time, and even when he did try, he didn't necessarily feel the joy that he usually does. Um, you know, which is obviously concerning and unfortunate. Um, so, but you know, things are getting a bit better. Uh, luckily, you're okay. You're feeling at least, you know, not tip top, but at least better. Yeah. Um, you know, your parents are getting a little bit better. Um, there is a GoFundMe still for your dad that we will post. Correct. The comments are in the the description of this podcast. Um, you know, friends and family have come out in droves for him, which is obviously really, really good. Um, but you know, it's a long road to recovery and, uh, his dad is going to need a bunch of help. So if you have the means to donate, or if you can share it and somebody with the means can donate, can please do, because, you know, you know, we see, um, how like the after effects of the, the virus itself, but nobody hasn't really talked about what happens financially to that person afterwards. Very few people have, and it's always been in the extreme. Um, so anything it's it's i mean you know people don't realize if someone has covid and they're hospitalized for months on end they're not working yeah and you know bills need to get paid jobs yeah bills need to be paid jobs insurance insurances from jobs will only cover so much and obviously this is still brand new territory that we're in so insurances don't necessarily know how to deal with this yeah. Um, so yeah, again, anything, anything will help is to support, uh, his family. Um, but yeah, we're glad you're back and glad you're feeling okay. Glad there's more good news than, than not, you know, uh, for a while it was very touchy. Uh, so everybody was kind of concerned, but we're, we're good now. Well, we're as good as we can be right now. We're as good as we can be. Yeah. It was, I mean, it's been a very dark road. It's been a very dark road. I'm very appreciative of all my friends and family who have been supportive of me. Um, you, you know, I'm going to throw some names out real quick. You, my best friend, Matt, my, so there's, you know, best friend Matt and cousin Matt, um, both for Matt number ones. Cause you know, I can't have, I, there's no such thing as Matt number two for me. Uh, you know, obviously Gina, my fiance, um, she has been my rock for the past two months. Like God bless that woman. Um, she's been there for me, like through the darkest moments of my life right now. And, you know, she hasn't scared away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's not, not be sad anymore and talk about funny shit. <laughs> we, um, make, we make jokes on this podcast. I mean, we can get serious sometimes, but again, yeah. it was something that was obviously needed to be addressed and again, mm-hmm. glad you're back, dude uh let's well i have a bunch of news uh i've basically been leading this since don hasn't necessarily been in uh the the wrestling mindset so uh i will be leading the news and i will be helping talk about shit that's going on but don you uh you you for some reason went back in time and listened to a relic <laughs> and i, I actually have this, i actually still have this physical cd in my room somewhere but what were you listening to the other day 
So I was listening to, uh, I was listening to an album that was made by World Wrestling Entertainment back in two thousand and four. Yeah, four or five. I want to say. Um, it was called. It was called Originals. Okay, and most importantly, why the fuck were you listening to this album? So, I. Uh, because I don't know anybody I, that goes back to that album and doesn't just like not listen to or doesn't just like just they just stop at John Cena's theme. So that's that's why because John Cena's theme was on there and I was like, huh, I'm like, oh yeah, that was on that album. I'm like, what else was on that album? And then uh, I was like, oh god, I'm like, I forgot how horrible this album is. It it, it can be it's for some reason like it. No, I'm thinking of a theme addict. No, yeah, that one's a pretty fucking bad album. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's pretty bad. So it's produced by Jim Johnson. Of course. Uh, Mike Post, Ed, John Cena, and uh, DJ Chaos. Um, it was actually recorded in 2003, released January 13th, 2004. Uh-huh. And uh, the... So there was actually no good reviews on this at all, besides John Cena's theme. Billboard magazine noted noted a dominance of in-your-face rap. Is how they would describe the album. Um, so this was re- released in conjunction with SmackDown Records and Columbia Records. Uh-huh. There's actually it came bundled with a DVD that has a behind-the-scenes footage of the making of the album. And believe it or not, it actually reached number twelve on the Billboard uh, Top 200. I believe that um, the WWE records, um, you know, dating back to Piledriver, the the album, uh, have been known to chop top pretty well, uh, chart pretty well. Um, I believe WWE, the music number four, I think the highest it got was like number four or five on the Billboard, um, and that's when wrestling was at its peak. So yeah. this was, you know, this is the prime uh, uh, ruthless aggression era. So it was still pretty popular. Yeah. Um, John Powell of Slam Wrestling noted noted that the album was generic cookie cutter productions without any cell character or style. Yeah, you could. I mean, it, it just sounded like wrestlers just kind of cutting a promo, but in in beat. Yeah. <laughs> so he he was very critical of uh, the Dudley Boys. We had enough. God. Trish Stratus, I just want you. Lead us when I get you alone. And Stasis Keepers, why can't we just dance? He, uh, he did, however, praise John Cena and Lily, Lillian Garcia. Which yeah, I, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Lillian Garcia and John Cena, I mean, they're, like, John Cena can actually rap, and Lillian Garcia, she's a singer as well, so. Yeah, and the only one, and, and even then from the other three that you mentioned, like, the only one that actually, like, sounded somewhat decent was Lita because he's very into you know punk and shit like that. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the track listing goes as this. I mean, so you have you have a couple intermissions between from Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he kind of like is the introduction to the album. Uh, yeah. The first actual song on there is "We Had Enough" by the Dudley Boys. Oh boy. Oh boy. I don't know why I, I like I, I listened to this thing beginning to end on my way to work yesterday and I was just like 
I was like, oh my God, who, who thought this was good? Like, I, I could just see Vince McMahon, oh, such good shit. Oh my goodness. I mean, probably at that time, yeah. But for like, <laughs> anyways, go on. We'll, I mean, we'll get into it a little bit more, but go on. Then uh, you had Trish Stratus, I Just Want You, which was another just no. <laughs> uh, and you would think somebody that pretty would, you know, would help sell a chart because she might have a decent voice, but it's just like, I don't know. I don't know if it was her voice or I don't know if it was just the song in general that didn't necessarily fit, but uh, yeah, that didn't work either. Yeah. And then you had a uh, Ray Mysterious Crossing Border, which actually has a music video for it. Yes, it does. And, uh, you know, he's not bad. It's not bad because he has um, uh, who the fuck the not who was the one that did his song before Pod? Uh, like you know who I'm know, talking about? Yeah, it's a reggaeton thong group. Reggaeton guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah, it's a reggaeton guy, but yeah, he like he uh trained Ray Mysterio to sing, I guess, because he's Cause he's on I, that too. I think he worked on some of Rey Mysterio's uh, WCW stuff, if I don't remember, if I remember correctly. That's yeah. Not, but yeah, that one, that one wasn't the, the worst, but it also wasn't the best either. Yeah, it's not the worst. It's not the best. The, the, the beat is garbage. I mean, Rey Mysterio's, like, he's pretty decent. He's a pretty decent Spanish rapper. Yeah. Yeah, um, you had another segment from Stone Cold. Uh, then you had Booker T's Can You Dig It? Oh, Mad um, One. It's a mad one, yeah. right? Sorry, for the Rey Mysterio one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the one that ended up doing his theme song later on. Okay, sorry, go on. You had Booker T's Can You Dig It, which was garbage. And that was, a... that was uh, that was that um, was kind of stitched together with RVD's One of a Kind. That was it used was. as their theme song. That was used yeah. as their theme song at WrestleMania 20. It was. Um, then you had Kurt Angle's I Don't Suck, really? Oh my god! And you know what? It it's such a bad song, but it's on that level of when him and Sensational Sherry did "Sexy Boy" on SmackDown, <laughs> where you know he's doing it for the lulls. It is like Most you know he's doing yeah. you know he's doing it for for shits and giggles, but like just listening. Like if I was an outsider looking in, I'm just like cringe. Yeah. Cringe. Hinge. But it works on some. It works on. It works in the wrestling level at least. Um. Then you had Lita's "When I Get You Alone." Yeah, which... like again, it's not horrible, but it's not the greatest thing ever. Her voice isn't that bad. No, it's not that bad. It's just it gets could have been better. And then you have uh, another segment from Stone Cold. Uh, Lee Garcia. All these segments from Stone Cold are basically him just punking up Jim Johnston. Yeah. Um, then you had Lillian Garcia's "You Just Don't Know Me at All," which is a good song. It's a good yeah, song, actually, Lillian Garcia. I think, I think that was her theme for a while too, when they would uh, introduce her at uh, yeah. WWE shows. Um, then you have "We Lie, We Cheat, We Still" by Eddie Guerrero and Chavo Guerrero. And like the best way I can describe this, I love Eddie Guerrero. I love Chavo Guerrero. But the best way I can describe this song is like they got drunk and just start talking. Yeah, that's that's what it sounds like. It sounds like it, it sounds like a Cheech and Chong record, but like if they put music behind it. Yeah, but also same but also music. And Chong were bad. Same music, same beat as their theme song, but not their theme song. Yeah, it wasn't the, their theme song at all. It wasn't the one that everybody was clamoring for that we didn't get until fucking twenty twenty. 
Yeah. And then uh, you have Don't You Wish You Were Me by Chris Jericho. That was actually a decent song. And I'm, was it just Jericho or was it Fozzy like proper? No, just, just Chris Jericho. Okay. Chris Jericho, Jim Johnson. Um, that's, that's what kills me is the beat itself is not that great. But obviously Chris Jericho, you know, he's, he's in Fozzy and he, he could sing. Yeah. I forgot. Fuck, that was on that album. Yeah. Uh, then you had Stone Cold, Drink Your Beer. Drink Your Beer is another segment where he's just punking out Jim Johnson. Uh, then you have this classic gem right here. This beautiful masterpiece called Put a Little Ass on It by Rikishi. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> I horribly forgot that was on there. I forgot basically this whole album. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's not good. <laughs> it's, it's supposed to be a very slow R&B thing, but it, yeah, it's just no, 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 no. Then you have a uh, can't we? Ju- Why can't we just dance by Stacy Tabler? And uh, you have Basic Thugonomics by John Cena. This is where we got the intro to, you know, Word Life. Yeah, um, the best the, John Cena the- intro also as well time. The best John Cena entrance theme, yeah. The best, I think, of the better rap themes in general. Because, like, My Time Is Now is all right. Like, I didn't really necessarily love it when he came out, when he debuted it before WrestleMania 21. But Mm -hmm. just, I don't know, it just, it's what the kids call a bop. It slaps still. It slaps. Yeah, like, almost 20 years later, it still slaps. Uh it's still a really good song i listen to it maybe i think like once a month because i'm just like oh man like especially like cena's rhymes yeah until it gets to like the the other person that he raps with i mean those <laughs> rhymes are okay too but it's just like cena's part is just the magical part it's magic pure magic uh, oh my god i hate when you do this you just leave me the riff you don't even give me a warning you just leave dick Anyways. um I literally I, walked, I walked 20 feet away from my computer. You're fine. You're fine. Uh, the same year that this came out. I want to see if Pat McAfee is able to do this when he's doing his show or if Bully Ray does this when he's in his show. Like, I just walked 20 feet. Like, I still, what the? I don't know. You're okay. Anyways. I still have my headphones on and I can still use my mic from afar. Anyways. It's uh, the same year that this came out is actually the same year. Uh, so John Cena character was started the whole rap thing. Uh-huh. And then uh, he did a song with a rapper called Murs, um, called Hustler. Okay. And like there's a music video for it too. It's really, really good. Go check it out. Um, but it was just... A really, really weird blast in the past for me. Oh, and that's how they end the album, right? With fucking basic economics? No, there's another uh, Stone Cold segment that ends it. Oh, yeah. But basically, that's the last song. Yeah. Of course, you save the best for last. Uh, I really want to know, like, who... Like, obviously, it was Jim Johnson who did this, but I want to know, like, whose brainchild this was and who who picked these particular wrestlers because I never thought you know that i never i never saw the deli boys as musicians 
Um, I can see the appeal of Stratus, Lita, and Keebler, but mm-hmm. not the Dudley Boys. Um, I guess Mysterio, Eddie, and Chavo make sense. The Angle one is funny. Um, and the Rikishi one kind of makes sense. But other than that, I'm like, I don't understand why you have the Dudleys. Booker T, um, Rikishi, and Rikishi. I, yeah, just those four don't necessarily add up. But um, thank you for um, so damaging your ears. Here's here's a little uh, here's a little information about it. So Chris Jericho, Lillian Garcia were obviously the only two established music music career mm-hmm. career people before this this album. Uh, this was John Cena's this was John Cena's first attempt at uh, at at like an actual album. Yeah. Uh, bu- 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 bu. So Lita actually has isn't a band called the Lucha Gores, which there we go. Explains, yeah, yeah. Explains why she's not that bad. Um, Eddie and Chavo Guerrero claimed that when Jim Johnson called called him about singing on the album, the first thing was said was, "Um, um, sure, but we suck." <laughs> Hey, at least they about it. Yep. Uh, so Lita made her singing debut on, on this album despite being in a band as a bassist before wrestling. Yeah. Uh, Bubba Ray Dugley showcases piano talent by, on the DVD. So he was actually doing a lot of the piano work on the album itself. Mm-hmm. Um. The song Jim Johnson plays to Stone Cold and Where's the Beer was used was used by Sable in her bikini contest with Tori Wilson. Mm-hmm. So quick little tidbits. Yeah, well I uh um, I, I subjected my ears to it so you guys will never have to do it for yourselves. Uh, yeah, just go for the John Cena of it all. I mean, go to the, for the Chris Jericho if you want to hear some bad Chris Jericho. That's not Fozzy, but Fozzy as a band actually isn't that bad. No, Fozzy's pretty good. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's jump into our news because there is a lot of it. We have two months of it, but we're not going to jump everywhere. Um, we have a new WWE champion, Don. I don't know we if you noticed. Do we do we? I'm having like WWE champion, and uh, you know, a lot of people have felt ways about the way they've gone about this. Uh, but we have the third black WWE champion, the third black champion that has held the WWE championship belt. And how old is the WWE championship? Uh, it dates back to the 50s or 60s, I believe, when it, before it was the WWWF. Um, the WWF proper started in the 70s. The WWF was in the 80s. So, you know, regardless, oh, of, yeah. regardless of the lineage or of the letters that are on that belt, that belt still has a lot of history. But yeah. it's been over 50 years that that yeah, belt. The current, yeah, the current belt was the current uh, WWE championship was established April 25th, 1963. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that belt has, holds a lot of history, but you know, a lot of it hasn't really been uh, 
been synonymous with people of color, um, especially African Americans, obviously. But you know, we have Bobby Lashley as our WWE champion. Uh, lest we forget, um, and we weren't here when we covered this. Um, the Miz cashed in his Money in the Bank uh, contract, which he won, which he won from Otis at the Elimination Chamber on Drew McIntyre at the end of the Elimination Chamber match, uh, and then he put it on the line like two weeks, maybe two weeks after he had won it mm-hmm. uh, against Bobby Lashley. And uh, Miz tried to weasel his way out of the match. He tried to get himself counted out, but the match was restarted. And then it proceeded to be a squash match where Lashley dominated uh, the Miz. It, um, it was re- it was uh, restarted as a lumberjack match too. Yeah, that's true. Where yeah. even the heels threw Miz back in. And it's really interesting because okay, so there was very little build. Like I think they kind of started building Lashley as as a as a competitor as a contender, um, and everybody thought he was immediately going to go just challenge for it, challenge McIntyre for it. Um, yeah. So, you know, it kind of shows two things: that one, there was no plan for Lashley to be champion this quickly. Two, there was really no plans for the Money in the Bank contract at all, because yeah. Otis wanted back in what May June. Um, May of last year. May of last year, he held it on. He held on to it for quite a while, and everybody thought like, okay, Otis could be Universal Champion. He could be WWE Champion. And I think like the longer he had that that contract, people kind of became okay with it because of his character. Yeah. Um, and then the Miz, you know, somehow got the challenge for it um, for whatever reason, which is ridiculous. Um, and then he kind of cashes it in, uh, you know, at the end of the Elimination Chamber, um, which again, very. Very weird. I mean, you know, opportunist, obviously, but very weird, especially because they had him drop the title like over a week after over a week of being champion, which means they had no plans for him to be at WrestleMania in the championship role. Um, Wait, forget about that. Miz. So Miz attempted to cash in his money in the bank briefcase, and then he, like, because John Morrison was the one who handed it to the referee. They were like, oh, it's just a technicality. Doesn't yeah. count against you. Hasn't that happened before, though? Like, hasn't somebody like, handed, like, didn't... No, I think, no, I was, I was saying, no. I was thinking of Ziggler and AJ Lee, but Ziggler did yeah. hand the, the case to the ref himself. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, yeah, that's true. It was uh, just, the way they did it was just like, uh... Yeah. Makes no sense. Yeah. Like, but we do have Lashley as our WWE champion, and it's looking more and more like it's going to be uh, McIntyre versus Lashley. And again, I feel like this undermines what significance this holds because we all know that Vince is looking for McIntyre to have that WrestleMania win in front of a crowd. You know, true. and it would have, you know, it would have been a lot more if it was last year when he went up against Lesnar. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, that, that couldn't happen because of obvious reasons. Um, but I don't know if it's going to mean the same if he beats Lashley, who it seems as though a lot of fans are really behind Lashley right now. Because this is something we've wanted to see for, for a while. I think – I personally think the nice plan would be um, Lashley versus Lesnar. Have Lesnar take out McIntyre. Let's have Lashley versus Lesnar finally. Yeah. I can yeah, see that. With, uh, with Lashley retaining. I would be okay with that. 
Honestly, that's yeah, that's exactly something that we that people have wanted since Lashley returned to the WWE. And honestly, it's well overdue for Lashley because the last major title that Lashley held, not including the U.S. title, but was what the ECW title back in two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah, it's been far too long for him. Um, but we have that going on. Uh, speaking of uh, major championships, um, the New Japan has officially unified the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. So, uh, you know, they were brought together by Kota, no, sorry, not Kota, but she, uh, by uh, Tatsuya Naito last year at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, and he was the Intercontinental and uh, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, and he held them for a while. Uh, he was beaten by Evil back in, what, August, September, I believe? Yeah, correct. Uh, so, yeah, so he was he was beaten by evil. Evil was champion for about a minute, about a cup of coffee. Uh, then Naito beat him back for the titles, and then at this past Wrestle Kingdom, uh, Kota Ibushi uh, won the IWGP Intercontinental and Heavyweight titles, and now he wants to unify them, which uh, New Japan has announced that they have, and they're going to be making a new belt. Um. And it's supposed to debut at Sakura Genesis on April 4th. Um, what do you think this means for the Intercontinental title? I don't know. Like, I honestly don't know how... I don't know. I mean, a lot of, a, a lot of things with New Japan are kind of like... I feel like are up in the air right now. Uh-huh. Um... Obviously, so you had Moxley retain his US, his U.S. title, his, his US title, which I didn't see happening. To be perfectly honest, I thought for sure Kento was going to. That surprised everybody. Yeah, yeah, I was going to win. Um, also, like, can we talk about the Forbidden Door finally being open too? Well, hold on, real quick. Um, as regarding the IWGP Heavyweight Title, um, they've already said that this is going to be a new lineage. Mm-hmm. So basically everything in the past has stopped, which is interesting because so the Intercontinental title uh, was made in 2011 and is won by, do you remember? Who was the first champion? No, I don't. Uh, was it? MVP. Huh? MVP in 2011. Oh, wow. He won it in the title. He went in a tournament here in New York. Um, and then the heavyweights title ends at uh, the age of 34. Um, and do you remember who the first champion was for that? Um, I don't know. Antonio Inoki. Really? Won the title back in 1987 in the tournament as well. Uh, by the way, who, which is, who is still very much alive? I saw a lot of rumors that he had passed away recently. He is very much alive. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it looks like that, you know, we're going to see a new lineage for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship belt. Yes, the Forbidden Door has been opened by uh, Forbidden Door opener Tony Khan. Um, when did this this started back in January, right? The yeah, new year? Yep. Yep. So started back in January. Um, you know, there were kind of like little ramblings. There were little ramblings like with it. Uh there was videos from like there were like promo videos for like Chris Jericho and it featured it featured some and uh, it's featured some New Japan Pro Wrestling footage. Um and then no, this started was... in December. Yeah, sorry, this started in December. 
this started like in December, but then officially like when we had Kenta show up on on Dynamite. Well, this this obviously started when Don Callis from TNA screwed over Kenny Omega or screwed over John Moxley to have Kenny yeah. Omega beat him. Then Kenny Omega obviously appeared on Impact a couple times, wrestled on their pay-per-view Hard to Kill with the Good Brothers. Yeah. Um, the Forbidden, you know, that was one of the Forbidden Doors. Uh, you know, that was just a creak of it. But yeah, when um, Kenta came in at the end of a match between Moxley or a six-man between the uh, the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega against Moxley and who the fuck was he with? Private Party or somebody like that? I think it was Moxley, Pentagon, and uh... Pentagon and, and Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, Kenta came in and you know put the beat down on Moxley, um, and you know it. New Japan, New Japan, and All Elite Wrestling—something that we immediately thought was going to happen once AEW, you know, existed or came yeah. into existence in 2019. Um, it took it took a little over a year and a half, but almost two years, but it did happen. And so what do you think is more of the deciding factor of this? Do you think it's that, you know, New Japan wanted to make sure that AEW was well established before they did something as extreme as this? Or do you think that uh, New Japan recognizes that, you know, they need the American star power in order for them to succeed globally? Um, I think one of the reasons, that's one of the reasons. Um, the other issue is their, uh, their old CEO, if I'm not mistaken. I can't mm-hmm. remember his name. Or the old president for New Japan. He stepped uh, down. Yeah, he stepped down. He stepped down. He stepped down of from New Japan. Uh, their new or so Harold yeah Harold Majing that's I think that's his name if I'm not mistaken because he left in October of 2020 yeah and he like so many people like he's the reason why you know Kenny Omega the young bucks the young the young bucks like why so many people why so many gaijin wrestlers in New Japan just decided I'm not going to renew my contract yeah, because yeah. apparently he was a piece yeah, of shit. They didn't really appreciate, or they didn't really see, uh, you know, understand the the value that they had brought. Yeah, and so with him gone, I feel like that opened up the door quite a bit. Yeah, um, obviously, I think the, the the Bucks have said it, or you know, have kind of alluded to it, that if New Japan hadn't lowballed their offer that AEW wouldn't exist right now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, I think, and to be fair, which is, which is, you know, a fair um, argument that, you know, New Japan, or at least according to this, under the CEO, New Japan didn't really want to be associated with too many gaijin wrestlers. You know, they wanted their top guys to, you know, be homegrown. They wanted to be their Japanese wrestlers. Uh, you know, like Naito, uh, Tanahashi, uh, Okada, especially, uh, which is fair. I can understand that, um, you know, from a Japanese uh, perspective, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it's to to lowball these guys and to, you know, not see and appreciate what they brought to you, how they got you basically more fans than you probably ever had, you know, is, yeah. is ridiculous. Like, you know, in your... Uh, in his, you know, while 
Kenny Omega, you know, and the Bullet Club, like, were the biggest thing, you know, in professional wrestling. From, like, 2014 to, like, 2018. Yeah. Like, you you could go anywhere and see a Bullet Club t-shirt. Yeah, Bullet Club t-shirts are just as, well, on a wrestling perspective, they're just as much as, like, you would see a John Cena shirt or a Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt or, I guess, a Roman Reigns shirt now. I mean, even if you go to out in the, out in the wild, you see them as much as you see a fucking Nike t-shirt. Like, to put in comparison, it's the equivalent of seeing a uh, DX shirt in the 90s or an NWO shirt in the 90s. It's the niche equivalent of seeing a Supreme shirt. Yeah. You know, like, and, you don't, like, even if you don't, like, fully know what it is, you know what it is. Um, but, yeah, they, they did a lot of business for them back when they were in New Japan. So, I mean, but again, you know, uh, what looks like a clear was actually a, a blessing. And especially now um, with, well, okay, so, like you said, I think there are many factors, especially this next one. Um, New Japan is strong is a series that um, they've started on New Japan World and is being filmed out here in America. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they're looking for a TV deal. And one of the deals that they struck up recently was with the Roku channel. Correct. Um, But they are still looking for uh, for a deal elsewhere. They are looking for a deal uh, possibly with Access TV. Um, And if you don't know what Access TV is, uh, Access TV is a high definition channel um, that was mostly on like, you know, just just any major cable network. I don't know if it was on Dish, but it, you know, major cable networks. Um, they're synonymous for holding uh, Ring of Honor back in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, um, in, in its infancy. Uh, that's literally the first place where I saw Kenta and uh, Dan, uh, Brian Danielson wrestle. Uh, PJ Black, you know, Tyler Tyler Black. Um, I think I was already too late for the CM Punk era, but uh, that's what, you know, Access has had wrestling on there before. Uh, they have carried um, other New Japan uh, stuff. They carried New Japan Strong Style when it was out here in San Francisco for the first time. Um, mm. So they, you know, they've, they're, they're known to have wrestling on their channel. So that'd be neat. But recently it was acquired by, uh, uh, by Impact's parent company, if I'm not mistaken. By Anthem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so they've been, uh, they've been recording shows recently. And so they've had a lot of, uh, a lot of names that they usually have a lot of their gaijins that obviously are over here in the U S that haven't been able to go to Japan. Um, and they've been, they, they tried, they tried some shit recently. Um, it was reported, um, that Marty Skrull was at tapings mm-hmm. for New Japan, um, their New Japan Strong tapings. And, you know, Marty Skrull still has a stink on him that probably won't, <laughs> that probably won't um, come off of him anytime soon, no matter how many tomato bats he takes after last year's speaking out movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and so New Japan that had to pull uh, Marty Squirrel from these tapings because it was true. At first, it was obviously just a rumor, but they did end up pulling him from the tapings because of the fan backlash that came up over the internet, um, as well as uh, you know people in the locker room having you know a problem with it. Yeah, it was uh, the people in the locker room had an issue with it. The fans 
obviously had an issue with. The only place, honestly, Squirrel's going to find any, like, non-stink is probably going to be in the E. Because... Well, yeah, the E is very... It's, uh, I mean, like, okay, like, obviously we don't know... We're, we're not in in with the British wrestling scene, but it's it seems like it's very toxic. And it seems like it's controlled predominantly by a few families, which you know, uh, it's very hard to get any change when nobody really wants to change their ways, unfortunately. Um, so, but yeah, so it's funny because even Dave Meltzer had said that, uh, he had heard from his sources that if some of the talent had said that if they knew Skrull was going to be on New Japan Strong, they wouldn't have taken the booking. Like, that's how much people want to distance themselves from, from him. Uh, and it's unfortunate. I was telling Don the other day that I went to Hot Topic with my girlfriend the other day, and I saw a villain club shirt in the wild, like an actual legit villain club bullet club style t-shirt uh, with the plague mask on it. And, you know, fucking two years ago, I would have snatched that shit up, but I was just like, mm, I can't. Yeah. I can't. Um, continuing with the speak of, uh, of just grimy, slimy assholes. Um, did you see what Joey Ryan tried to do? Uh, oh Yeah. So, uh, Joey Ryan, obviously, um, who was kind of the start of the Speaking Out movement, one of the main people that was called out in the Speaking Out movement last year, um, he tried to start a charity wrestling show. Uh, Tickets went on sale on March 2nd for a Wrestling for Women's Charity show that was going to take place in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, And on the poster were a bunch of people. It was Carlito, Molly Holly, uh, Sunny Kiss, I think Gangrel was somewhere in there, and just you know a whole bunch of wrestler indie wrestlers, Rhino even. But hidden in the poster was a picture of Joey Ryan, but like the new Joey Ryan with like the with like the the beard and the mustache and stuff like that. Not so yeah. much dark mustache, just his new look. And you know you couldn't really tell it was him, but there was a lot of people that noticed, and they fucking got pissed. And then once people started digging deeper into what this thing was, uh, they found out the uh, bar wrestling uh, was actually behind this, you know, the association that the wrestling promotion that he had out here in Los Angeles uh, that had closed down after the speaking out movement. Um, but they were the promoter for this. And so a bunch of people started uh uh, saying like you know what the fuck is wrong with you they started just blasting this whole entire thing on twitter um king uh mv young on twitter said that i will not be involved in the show in any way i was misled on the purpose of the show uh wrestler effie said purposely not informing involved talent is also disgusting uh aew talent was supposed to be involved in this charity event and after you know, it came out to light who was a part of this or who was actually leading this. Tony Khan tweeted out, if Joey Ryan is there, my people won't be there. I'll gladly donate to the charity, though. Um, And the charity in question that they were going to raise money for was Project Girl. Um, Mm -hmm. But a lot of questions arose on what Project Girl really is. And Tony Khan even um, pondered that, too, on Twitter. He said, what if he's behind this? Is he? Then is the charity even legit? Um, And the, the, the charity is the legitimacy of the charity is very much in question because it is an evangelical organization and the finances have been called into question multiple times because if you look on the website, they don't necessarily tell you where the money goes. All they tell you is that they try to help women get closer to God, which basically means that it's just a church. Yeah. Um, 
So, oh. uh, and it, you know, it was even uh, rumored that it was going to be streamed on Fight TV, but even Fight TV had to go on, fuck it, <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, the CMO of Fight, Kim Hurwitz, said, I wanted to confirm that this event is not being carried by Fight. Thank you for your comments. We love our pro wrestling community. And then here's the kicker of it all, because this happened in the span of like a day or two. Uh, the Twitter, the, the Wrestling for Women's Charity Twitter posted on their account, we apologize for rallying everyone up. It is clear that we're in, our, we're in over our heads. We'll say that everybody booked was fully aware of all details, including going through AEW's third-party booking system for talent. Rather than put talent in a tough situation, we've canceled the show, and then they deleted their Twitter. Yep. Did, you, did he think that this was going to actually work? Apparently, apparently he did. Like, what kind of fucking, like, the audacity, the the short-sightedness of this all, that he thought that this was going to work? I don't want to say Joey Ryan's an idiot, but if the shoe fits... Uh, he's a fucking dumbass. <laughs> Uh, uh, the whole Joy Ryan situ- situation is, is, is really ridiculous. I encourage you to look it up because there have been some developments, but we're not going to talk about them here because uh, there's again, legalities. Well, legalities, but then there's just so much to cover as well. Um, did you hear Taker? Did you watch Taker on Joe Rogan? Mm, no, I I, st- I did not watch it just because I mean I've I heard about everything that was going on, but I was just like. <sighs> Like, his whole mystique is just gone. Well, obviously it's gone because he's retired now, so he doesn't have to hold the mystique, yeah. which is, you know, which is fair. He's a human being, too. Um, but did you hear the whole part where he called wrestlers soft? I think we did talk about this a little bit, where he yeah. called wrestlers soft. Uh, yeah. what, did you hear about how Matt Riddle responded to that? Mm, he basically called out the Taker. He called out Taker by saying that it's not that they're soft, it's that they're smarter. Uh, which he got a lot of heat for. And this is kind of a little bit of what he said. He said, I will tell Undertaker and anybody else times have changed. The human race and everyone is evolving. And yes, we do not carry knives and guns to work. We actually have metal detectors and things to keep us safe so people don't do that. We have a wellness policy where we're all being tested regularly so we're safe and we're in our right state of minds. Mind you, I'm a former professional UFC fighter that has broken people's jaws in a steel cage, something that wasn't around when he was a young man. And I bet if he was, he still wouldn't have stepped up because it takes a different breed. So there's that. And he shouldn't say certain things when he knows that there's an up-and-coming roster of real savages, not pretend ones. So he should watch out, you know? But I still respect him. I think he was just a little overzealous. And I don't think he meant any ill will or anything mean. I just think he thought his time was tougher. And I will say this. When he worked, times were tougher. They weren't as smart either, and they were dumber. So they abused certain things, they abused their bodies, and they're all paying for the price of it. Today's wrestlers were smarter. We work smarter. Even if you think we're taking more bumps, we still don't work the same schedule you're working. And you can say we're soft for that, but I would just, but I would say we're just smarter, more educated, just like the modern day athlete. Notice more modern day athletes aren't getting hurt as much. We train smarter, we eat healthier, we do things better. That's because people in the past have made so many mistakes that we've learned from them. And now we don't make those same mistakes anymore. That's right. What do you, what do you think about that? He's absolutely right. I mean, just look at the evolution of basketball. Look at the evolution of of any sports. Yeah. Like, I think. No, go on. Sorry. Like, if you look at the evolution of baseball, at one point, 
at one point, like in the evolution in baseball, it was considered norm to just chew tobacco. Yeah. And you look at it now, and like you know, there's it's there's an evolution to it. And same thing goes with professional wrestling. There's an evolution to it. It was funny as you mentioned fucking people chewing tobacco. Is that I noticed it's more the fans now than it is the fucking baseball players themselves. Yeah. They still hold on to that for whatever reason. I, I never understood the whole chewing tobacco thing. It was just, yeah. Mm-mm. I have a cousin that used to do that. I don't know if he still does it, but I know somebody that, that did that. Um, and he's right. And I think, if anything, I thought I think obviously they're a lot smarter. Uh, I think the psychology is a little bit better now because, like, you don't have just you know two big men going at it consistently. You have men of like decent height, still some of them still six feet, so you know usually over five seven, five eight, uh, a little bit more leaner, uh, smaller but faster. And so you're not just seeing brute strength versus brute strength. You're seeing sometimes brute strength versus somebody who's very fast, somebody who knows what they're doing. Uh, you know, you actually using a psychology to take down their opponent or to fight, or you're seeing two of those same people, two of those same smaller, faster people trying to outdo one another or not trying to outdo, but trying to outsmart the other. And I think that makes it vastly more entertaining than seeing Diesel versus Mabel or some shit. Yeah. You know. Like, oh God, God, Diesel versus Mabel. Ugh. Or like King Kong Bundy versus somebody, or even like, and you know what? Like I'll say Hogan versus somebody, but Hogan in Japan, I'll watch a Hogan in Japan match anytime. I hate. I don't. I mean, I'm not gonna say I hate Hogan. I I don't feel the same about Hogan as I did when I was younger. But like Hogan in Japan looked like he had a lot of fun. It was all the cocaine. Probably. Um, let's run down Revolution, and I think we can call this a uh, a episode. Um, right now we have a uh, go home pre-show match that was just announced. We have Riho and Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker and Reba. That was Rebel. Is it Reba or Rebel? Rebel Reba. Okay. Well, who do you have for that one? Rebel Rebel Reba. Yeah. Rebel Rebel Reba. Rebel. Um. Rebel Rebel. I Rebel Rebel Rebel. <laughs> Nothing. Um, I got Thunder Rosa and Riho. Yeah, Riho's back. Riho was their very first AEW Women's Champion. Um, I have no reason to see why they wouldn't put Reba, I mean, Riho over uh, Baker and Reba. Um, and the Thunder Rosa Britt Baker stuff is still just entertaining. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. We have the Casino Tag Team Battle Royale for a future shot at the Tag Team Titles. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, this is a big, 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 big match. The, in- the Inner Circle, Dark Order, Pac and Phoenix, and a whole bunch more people. Who do you think comes out on top of that? Uh, I really, 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 really hope that it is uh, Dark Order, but I have a feeling it's going to be Santana and Ortiz. We're going to see Inner Circle versus Inner Circle? Yeah, that's what or I feel inter- like. Or Inner Circle versus Bucks? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't see... Page going for any tag team titles without somebody else right now, but I wouldn't. I mean, okay, I have Dark Order or I have Hack and Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I I really need to see Phoenix with some gold around his waist already. Did you see? Did, did you see his match with that with Lance Archer? Yeah, it was so good. It was so good. Like AEW is so good, but I also feel like they have so much un underutilized talent like Ray Phoenix, 
like Ray Phoenix, like Pac, like I mean, like Pentagon, fucking, you know, Santana Ortiz are like one of the best tag teams out there, and like, but it's just because they have so much great talent. Like you, you often forget like how great this other talent is. So I'm hoping, like, I personally hope it's going to be. I'm hopefully. I'm hoping it's going to be a uh, Santana Ortiz. That's my that's my that's my pick. Santana Ortiz is somebody that's still very um, what the fuck uh, is still very uh, yeah very fresh, very good. They're you know they're one of the greatest tag teams that they have, proud and powerful. Uh, Phoenix and Pack have barely been back since what October, I think. Yeah. So you know the Death Triangle is something you kind of have to reestablish a bit. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's fine. You know, I, they'll, they'll get their shot. Or I could even see Pac as AEW world champion within a year. Or mm-hmm. I'd say no later than the end of next year. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I have Pac and Phoenix. So we'll see who's right. Um, we have Miro, sorry, Miro and Kip Sabian versus Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. Um, I think it's going to be Miro and Kip Sabian. Yeah. To kind of continue on this feud. To kind of continue on this because I don't think they're gonna have the whole food feud finish up until uh, until you get Chucky e. T and you get Chucky e. T and uh, Trent back together. Mm-hmm. Ch- yeah. yeah. Or maybe Trent this is where Trent. Injured. Yeah, he's injured currently. Maybe this is where Trent makes his uh, return. Yeah, he either makes his return or we keep building this up. Um, I think Miro and Kip Sabian go over for the fact that they need to. Um, you know, put some value on Miro. Yeah. Uh, so we both have Miro and Kip Sabian. We have Hangman Page versus Matt Hardy, which is a big money match. Whatever big the fuck money that match, yeah. The winner receives the loser's 2021 first quarter earnings. I got I got uh, Hangman Page. Uh, I got Page, too, because Hardy's, Hardy's an established heel already, and it's going to be a great heel. I see, obviously, Isaiah Cassidy um trying to interfere but i still see i see johnny hungy or alex reynolds coming out and helping hangman page yeah still establishing that hangman page dark order relationship yeah i see that definitely happening six man Uh, ladder match with sorry go on yeah no 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 i was just gonna mention that match up right now six man cody Rhodes, scorpio sky penta l zero lance archer max caster and a special a secret entrant. Yeah, so uh, I think TVA is going to be the mystery uh, signing. Mm-hmm. No. That, uh, no. You don't think so? No, well, actually, Tony Khan already said that the signing that Paul White is going to introduce and this uh, special entrant are two totally different people. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, jeez. That throws me off now. Right? So Tony And Tony Khan himself is going to announce it uh, at Revolution. Oof. So, I mean, who's going to be bigger, you think? Like, who outshines who in this in this case? So We have a situation where this could be two, two big surprises are, you know, not a, such a big surprise for the TBA in this match. What did you have, anyways? Uh, who did you think it was? Well, who do you think it is? Who do I think is going to come into to AEW? Who do you think Paul White is gonna is gonna introduce into AEW? By the way, Paul White signed with AEW out of nowhere last week. I know we didn't cover yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. We did not cover that. Definitely thought he was a for life with the E, but 
he uh yeah i think maybe maybe tba is uh paul right or rvd i can see rvd i i know he's done with impact um and rvd would be a, a really good talent to have he seems like a really cool dude with a with a you know set on straight and he seems like a really good mentor I, uh, I but my guess is yeah tba tba is gonna win um and this is for a shot at the aew championship yeah because we've already had cody rose with that title for too long um so i could wait I could is this for the tnt a, or aew i'm sorry tnt for the tnt championship okay i say scorpio you say scorpio I say I think Scorpio was due for it. I think he was he was super over. Obviously, when in 2019, when we still had fans and you know people mm-hmm. were behind him. Um, obviously, he hasn't really been around during the pandemic, but he still shines when he's on TV or when he's on yes. dark. Uh, who do you think it's going to be though? Okay, yeah, those are two totally different questions. But who do you think? Okay, so you said that in the match will be RVD, but who do you think yeah. Paul White is going to introduce? Uh, Kurt Angle. Really? Oh, shit. You know what? This makes sense. <laughs> Hall of Fame oh. career. Did you see that he just started doing a podcast with Conrad Thompson? Oh, shit. He did? He had, they're, dude, they're already like four or five episodes deep. That makes sense now. That makes sense now. <laughs> yeah, that makes oh, even more shit. sense. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God! How did the you literally are hearing the wheels turn in my head right now? I did not think of that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's got to be correct. It's, it's oh my God, which is fair. I mean, I think they can give him a better retirement match than WWE could have. Yeah, because uh, even he said that he was he was disappointed with his retirement match. So yeah. Oh my goodness! Wow, I did not see that. All right. Um, we got your girl Hikurushida defending her AEW women's title versus Ryo Mizunami. Ah, Shida. Always. Yeah. I don't know. They kind of built up Ryo pretty good here. I'm not going to lie. Uh, she was pretty, in, uh, she was pretty, um, impressive in the women's tournament. Did you see the, all the women's yeah. tournament or? Not all. No, I, I haven't seen all of it. I did see the Japanese matches though and they were really good. There was a couple of them that were kind of eh, but like for the majority of them, they were really, really good. Uh, I'm just glad that we're not getting another Sheeta Rose match. Yeah, that, that, that was, was my biggest fear. That was the big surprise coming out of this whole thing is that somebody else, you know, it, it wasn't just Rose, which is good. Yeah. Uh, we got Bucks, the Young Bucks uh, for the AEW Tag Team titles. They had a champion defending them against MJF and Chris Jericho. Um, inner circles are uh, MJF and Chris Jericho are going to win, obviously with some sort of, sort of interference. Uh, mostly, the whole reason why I say this is because the Bucks have held on to those titles for almost a year now. They won them at Revolution last year. No, they won them at Double or Nothing. Double or Nothing? No, no. Was it Revolution? I'm pretty sure it was Revolution. I don't. Know. I thought it was Double or Nothing. No, Double or Nothing was the Tank Team Stampede, right? Yeah, that was the stadium stampede. No, they won them at All Out because remember they fought FTR. No, they lost them some at some point to FTR. So they lost them at some point at F- to FTR. Hold on, let's look at the. If only there was a website that where we can check this information out. Uh, 
Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. They... So... Yeah, because uh, Kenny and Hangman were champions last year. Yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Of course I'm right. Because they won them at the Chris Jericho's Rock and Rager, then they lost them. Then, then they lost them to FTR at All Out. And then Bucks won them at Full Gear. Full Gear, there we go. Yeah, yeah, Full Gear. Ooh, okay, that throws my... Uh... So they haven't still, had... I'm... No, go on. I'm still going to go with uh, MGF and Chris Jericho. Yeah, the Bucks haven't had them for that long, but to go to continue with, you know, the the breaking of... of... In the circle. Of the inner circle, yeah, I can totally see, uh, you know, them winning. Um, I can also see Papa Buck interfering. If Hager's mm-hmm. gonna interfere, I feel like I can see Papa Buck coming in mm-hmm. to get some revenge. Um, we have, and this is the one I think I—I I mean, I personally have been waiting for: Sting and Darby Allen versus Brian Cage and Ricky Starks in the street fight. Uh, I'm gonna go Team Taz on this one. Really? Yeah. I see Sting and Allen. I mean, I could see it either way. Yeah. I could see it either way. I mean, the, obviously, this is going to be Sting's in-ring debut. So, but you know what? You're right. You're right, Sting and Allen, because this is going to be uh, his in-ring debut. I'm going to say Sting and Allen because, uh, you know, Brian Cage or Ricky Starks, they're both very young, especially Ricky Starks. Um, <laughs> you know, they're, they're still a very, very prominent force in, in ADW, Team Taz as a whole. You're still building Team Taz as, as a faction. You know, they don't have the the legacy that Inner Circle has or even the Elite has just yet. So you build them a little bit more. You give them a win over Sting down the line. But Sting and Darby Allen right now, they, they need the win. I feel like they need a, need a better name than Team Taz. Uh, no, I think it works. Well, yeah, I think sooner or later they need a better name, but not right now it works. You want to remember that they have to also give them the rub of the of their uh, of their mentor. Yeah. But and Darby's still the AEW champion, right? Uh, that is correct. Now there's uh, so if uh, Khan said if uh, if Darby's not able to compete for the AEW for the AEW TNT Championship, uh, that he'll be stripped of it when you know that time comes. Oof. So that makes me feel like they're gonna write write off Allen for a while. They might because that the the ladder match for that AEW championship spot happens immediately. You know the the following Wednesday, next Wednesday. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So who knows what kind of condition he'll be in, um, and especially if he goes up with some, you know, he goes up against somebody like uh, Lance Archer, or if he goes up against you know uh, the TBA person. Um, I mean, if it's RVD, then fuck one five star frog splash within the first ten seconds, and he's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have our main event uh, for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. We have Kenny Omega, the champion, versus John Moxley in an exploding barbed wire death match. My God, I am ready for this. My body is ready for this. And apparently, they have a, a different structure. It's not going to be like your normal exploding barbed wire match. Um, uh, Kenny and Don Callis have alluded to uh, building something. So we might see it in, sort, in some sort of dome, maybe in some sort of cage. Uh, what do you what do you think of this match in general happening in AEW? There, there are three questions I have. Uh, what are these? Mm-hmm. 
What do you think of this match in AEW? Do you think the placement of this match in the timing of the Moxie Omega feud is right? And who do you think is going to win? So first, um, what do you think of this match in AEW? I mean, so AEW... AEW is kind of, you know, they're willing to experiment with things. You know, you had death match, you had a death match between between uh what was it? Between Moxley and between Moxley and uh Janela last year. Well that was a that was a lights out match. It wasn't really a death yeah, match. Lights out. Yeah, yeah, lights out match. You had a lights out match between them last year and you know they were willing to experiment with that. You had a death match between I mean, you you've had matches like you've you've had extreme matches within AEW. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like this is gonna kick it up a notch, and I'm excited. I'm I'm honestly excited for it. Like their their willingness to kind of go step out of the bounds of normal uh-huh. is is I think one of their it keeps that young demo you know interested. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we have seen uh, some extreme stuff. We, if you remember Revolution last year when Kenny brought out the, the fucking mattress of fucking barbed wire. Yeah, yeah. Or at Full Gear, rather. Was it Revolution or yeah. Full Gear? Full I gear. think that was at Full Gear. Yeah, it was Full Gear. Um, so my second question, do you think it's too soon in this Omega Moxley rivalry to have this kind of match? Um... Yes and no, and I'm gonna get to that. Well, I'm gonna get to that point. Wait, why? So, because it also goes around who I think is going to win. Okay. So yes and no. Um, I think it is a little too early. It's a premature. It's a little bit premature to have like this type of match, type of match for the title. But I think Moxley. I think Moxley uh, with his. With his wife being pregnant, you know, he's going to need to take some time off. Yeah. And I think this is a nice, easy way to write him off TV for a while. Easy isn't the word I'd use, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's a, it's a way to write him off TV. It's a memorable way to write him off TV. Yeah. It's yeah. something that would make him happy. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Um, so, you have, so you have Omega going over. Yeah. By the way, uh, nice uh, exalted one shirt. Thank you, thank you very much. You guys can get this from, yeah, you can get this at shopaw.com. Proceeds go to the Huber family. Um, yeah, like it's always, it's always interesting to see a young company experiment on what they're willing to do and the lengths they're willing to go to have a match to have stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a good time doing it within the first two years. I think it's good because if you do this, like let's say, you know, in the, in year five, year six in an established a, a well-established AEW, I think it'd be too late. I think it's something that would be really off putting to uh, I guess casual, but like it probably wouldn't be with the brand. So they're young enough to do this. So I, I, I think this is a good time to do this. Um, as far as the, the placement of this within their, uh, the rivalry, um, you know, obviously Moxley and Omega go back to the beginning of 2019 or the beginning of AEW since Double or yeah, Nothing. Double or Nothing. Their first, their first pay-per-view, yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, if you include all that history into this, I think it's a good time to have it. Um, if you're going off of just the beginning of this iteration of the rivalry from when, you know, from what, December of winter is coming. Uh, yeah, I think it's a little too soon. But in the overall story of it all, it makes sense. Um, I forgot Renee was pregnant, uh, even though I've seen her baby multiple times on Twitter. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm going to go with you on this one. I see Omega going over on this one um, yeah. to give Moxley some time off. Um, you know, as unfortunate mm-hmm. to say. And, like, for me, personally, I feel Omega's reign as champion has been pretty lackluster. It's it, it could be better. It could be better, and I think this gives them an opportunity to make it better. Yeah. Um, I literally, well, since every, because, you know, we haven't really been recording, and so, like, I've been watching wrestling kind of on, on my own. Um, there were multiple times where I really had to ask myself, wait, who's the AEW world champion right now? Oh, yeah. Like, I literally forgot. Like, that's, that's how, that's how it's been with, with, with Omega, but hopefully this makes us, thank you, hopefully this makes us more interesting. Hopefully. I mean, hopefully. One can hope this makes us more interesting. Uh, anything else you want to cover before we retire for this weekend? Uh, I think that will do it for me. How about we you? Uh, that's about it. We have WrestleMania coming up next month on the 10th and 11th. I have already asked for the days off. Um, it's going to be another two-night event, and they will possibly be, be friends there. So we're going to see a wrestling event, a legit wrestling event from the WWE with fans yeah. there. According to WrestleVotes, tickets will go on sale on March 12th or 13th, if I'm not mistaken. This is going to be interesting. But um, Don, where can they find you at on your socials? You can find me at E-L-D-O-N-B-R-U-J-O on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, OnlyFans. Um, you, you name it, I probably have it. I don't have OnlyFans. <laughs> that they know of. Uh, I am at pending257 on Twitter and TNDW Podcast on Twitter and Facebook as well. And uh, just like the resumes uh, of resolution of Revolution, of the members of Revolution on Indeed. No, Resolution? Revolution? What the fuck are they called? Um, Absolution? Absolution? Yeah. No, what the fuck? The, guy, the fucking guys with the mask, the fucking T-bar and shit like that. Oh, uh, Retribution. Retribution, there we go. See, they're so forgetful. Nobody fucking knows. Just like the resumes <laughs> of Retribution are going to look like on Indeed, would you call this a show? It's a fucking disaster. <laughs> Good night, y'all.